mindfulness mode. Okay, dude, you're here. It's cool to show the emotional side because it shows you as a human. Hey, Mindful Tribe, welcome to the show. It's great to have you with us. A heads up, today's show uh, does have some profanity. So if you have kids in the car, you've got children listening in the room, uh, you may not want to be listening to this show right now. So just make sure you're well aware of that fact. And with that, let's move forward. And here I am with today's guest. Hey, Mindful Tribe. Today, we're going to be talking about business. We're going to be talking about sales, business growth, all this kind of thing, but how it relates to mindfulness and how we can actually uh, sort of embrace our community and and build as champions. That's what my guest talks about. And he helps small business owners leverage sales and business development to grow and then scale their businesses. And he helps them do that through his international best-selling book, which you're going to hear about as we get into this interview. My guest today is Donnie Bovine. And so Donnie, are you in mindfulness mode today? I am, brother. How are you? Uh, Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. It's awesome to have you on as well and to talk to you about all these subjects. So so what does mindfulness mean to you, Donnie? You know, for me, I I would tell you most of my journey, I thought that one, I knew myself. I thought I knew that I was staying present in the moment, that type of thing. But it wasn't until I launched a business and realized how lazy I spent most of my actual, you know, adult life. Um, and how much I wasn't going after life that I understood that I actually didn't know myself. Mm. So it took five years of grinding through building a business to get to a place where I could actually figure out what makes me tick, who I am, how I show up, and why I do the things I do. So for me, it's a lot of retrospective research, look inside of me so I can figure out why I'm showing up and where and how I'm going to show up in the future and being present in the moment. So looking back, how do you think it was that you figured out how to learn to know yourself? (laughs) By getting to the darkest moment of my entire life. So, uh, yep. I was about six months into uh, running the company and I'd left corporate America, an amazing job. Uh, We were, you know, before I launched the company, living a level of success, people would say. I mean, we built our dream farm, had a second house and a property for my mother-in-law and I launched a company and was put under an international non-compete and could not talk about sales anywhere in the world, which is the only thing I knew. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty tough. So um, my first year of business was a series of throwing in too much money, mm-hmm. hiring a whole bunch of dumb coaches and doing dumb courses and creating all this crap. Well, six months into doing all the stuff, I walked out the back door of my, my farm and my wife's Jeep's gone. And I immediately called the police and said, I think someone stole my Jeep. And they said, no, sir, your Jeep's been repossessed. And then I realized in that moment that I was going to have to go in and tell my wife the rest of the story, which was the mortgage was three months behind. And I just got my first notice that they may try and foreclose on a home. So she had to go in Monday morning and cash in her 401k to literally save the farm and get her Jeep back. And she told me in that moment to get off your ass and go sell something. And what I realized, you know, for me growing up, I never saw the CEOs of the companies I worked for, you know, unless I was bringing in a major multimillion dollar contract or we were losing a multimillion dollar contract. So I didn't know what a CEO did. Mm. And, and I realized that I wasn't doing what a CEO actually needed to do, which is be out front and sell. So dude, that, that night I looked myself in the mirror and I just didn't like the dude looking back at me. And I realized that my life had been a series of excuses, a series of placing a buck on somebody else. And the only way I was going to be able to do this is to go do the hard things. And it was going through the hard things that I figured out who I was. Wow. Been a hell of a journey. And then did you start a new business after that? No, we rebuilt this one. So um, luckily... I went into full sales mode, even though I didn't know what I was selling, but I, I tell everybody, you know, my first, second half of my first year, I was a business whore. So I just said yes to mm. anything that I could get money for, mm. um, business related. So we did a lot of crazy things, but I found podcasting in April of 2018, launched my first show in May of 2018. And by, by five months after that, 
my first podcast was number 22 in the world. Wow. And now I was showing up next to the guys I was listening to, the Tim Ferriss, Gary Vee's, you know, Tony Robbins and all those yeah. people. Uh-huh. Uh, and then my non-compete came up in September of 2018. So once that came up and I can talk about sales, I had all this momentum from podcasting. Fast forward to where we are now, and I operate three companies, you know, have five best-selling books, one of the top podcasts in a partridge in a pear tree, you know, yeah. so, um, but it was, it was through getting punched in the face, doing all the things that you have to do to build a business, you know, doing all the things that, that are hard, difficult, boring, you know, that build a company that I had to go do. And in doing those hard things, I found myself. Very interesting. And your podcast is called Growth Mode, and you do it yep. with Kevin Snow. Tell me about that. So uh, the first podcast I launched was called Success Champions, and that's the one that took off like a lightning bolt. Um, okay. uh, and then we quit producing that one because it wasn't driving our companies and wasn't going the direction we were taking the companies. So we knew we were going to launch another podcast, but the we wanted to change up everything that we were doing because we wanted to speak to a very specific crowd. Mm-hmm. So in launching growth mode, it's very much geared towards people who are in the growth mode of building their business and helping them with all the things that they need to be doing, which is everything from business development to sales to um, the mindset work to how to handle their schedules, how to get around the right people um, and how to really level up their business. So you got a guy like me that's more extroverted in nature, very more in the visionary side. And then Kevin's more in the introverted nature, more in the integrator side. Mm-hmm. So Kevin, because he's more op- operationally driven, allows me to go out and do all the crazy things that I do, uh, okay. you know, get on stages, podcasts and the likes, right. and he takes care of running back into the business. Right. But you so, co-host the show with him. And was this yep. your first show that you co-hosted with someone else? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've done, I've done a lot of, my first show was all an interview and it was just me interviewing people. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, this was the first one to get together with somebody and, and which was an interesting thing and a dynamic to figure out what were the stories we were going to tell. And we're getting ready to come up on season three of the podcast. And in season three, we've, we're going to dive in further into our stories and the things that we really screwed up in business Mm -hmm. going along because, you know, as I was building a business, I didn't want people to know how bad it was. I didn't want to help people know how much I was screwing up. My fear was if people saw how bad I was doing, nobody would do me business with me or take me serious. So what I found is as I was sharing the things I was screwing up, people started leaning into the conversation. I'm like, wait, right? Other people are struggling with this stuff. Oh, yeah. So that's how I learn. started. Yeah, totally. So I, I really started writing towards and putting out content towards the things I wish somebody would have said to me. So everything we do in our business is to literally teach the things that I wish I would have heard or been told as I was going through it. And that's what's allowed us to build the success champion empire we've built to this point. And uh, it's, it's been fun. We're riding kind of a lightning bolt right now of growth with all the companies and it's all in the back of, we're just going to help as many people get to business freedom as we can possibly get. And, and that's been tremendous. I mean, even the, Badass Business Summit. We had you know people fly in from all over the U.S. Mm-hmm. come together and and work on their businesses. And for three days, it was just awesome. It was a cool experience for us. Oh, that sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. And so when you went to write your book, your your book that you've written is called to Focused. So what was your goal <laughs> with your book? Uh, you know the 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 book was written entirely for me as I was screwing everything up. Because once I got on the back end of it, I, I actually paused and said, okay, what did I just do? I went from the darkest moment of my life to a profitable company, to now having employees, to now having a global brand. How the hell did I just pull it off? Yeah. So I actually, you know, whatever they call it, re-engineered, or I worked out backwards the things I did. And, you know, I told, I'm just a very matter of fact, more of a direct speaker. So there's no fluff in the book. I mean, you're not going to hear about my accolades for 20 pay, you know, chapters. Yeah, so yeah. it's a short book. It's entitled, intended to either sit down and read in a couple hours or listen to in a couple hours. But mm-hmm. the whole goal 
is you can use this as a step-by-step -step roadmap for to do what I've done to this point. Um, or you can use it as a reference book to go back. And if you're struggling in a key area, you can come back and reference, you know, the different things that we've done um, to apply and put in your business. But it takes people through the, the simple things like, you know, uh, what do you sell? You know, because there was times when I was running my business that, you know, people would tell me, Donnie, I love your energy. I love your passion. I just have no idea what the hell you actually do. Mm. And so we teach people, how do they tell somebody what they actually do so they can understand it? You know, we teach them how they can go get referrals and then we teach them how to sell. We teach them how to set up, you know, um, I don't do the whole vision, mission statement stuff, you know, traditional business. Mm -hmm. So, but we teach them how to come up with a massive vision that other people want to help you build. You know, uh, we teach them how to come up with their own codes that they would live by. And uh, it's, I tell everybody in the book, you know, this is one of those books you read it. If it makes sense, use it. If it don't, throw it, you know, that idea out and go to another chapter and see if that one will work for your business. Yeah, well, on your website, in your tagline, it says, I help get it done people achieve <laughs> the results they want. And so that's a problem, isn't it? A lot of people, they they don't know what they need to be focusing on to get the done so that they can move forward. Isn't that right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. There's so much voices in, out there in the marketplace that people say, you know, you need to do a course or you need to write a book or you need to do a podcast, you know, and so people are just freaking confused mm -hmm. on where to go. And I, I'm hell, I talked to a young lady yesterday, she's running, you know, a almost $500,000 business, and she's absolutely miserable. Oh, because wow. she's been listening to these gurus they are like, you got to post on LinkedIn this way. You got to post on. And so she's like, I pulled off all social media because I would just, I couldn't do it. It was too stressful. And I just laughed and I said, go read my LinkedIn post. And she goes, she, she, she literally, while we were on Zoom, read my post. She goes, holy shit. You write like that all the time. I'm like, absolutely. And she's like, and you get away with that on LinkedIn. I said, absolutely. She goes, why have I been doing this wrong the entire time? I said, because when we're going through it, we're in this desperate need of information. We go from a lifestyle of working for other people where somebody always tells you what to do, no matter what role you're in. I mean, I was straight commission sales the entire time and would have told you I had freedom. But at the end of the day, I still reported to somebody. Mm -hmm. you know, and now you're out freaking running a business and there's no guidelines. There's nobody saying go this direction. So you're looking for answers and you all of a sudden get to this place of overwhelm. So you got a lot of people that are these get shit done action takers that are going through it. They're just extremely confused because there's too many voices pointing them in different directions. So they're kind of half-assing everything, but they're doing it voraciously or voraciously because that's their MO is you go all at it. So if you learn, so, so if, if I can just get people on a whole to get laser focused on the one ideal one business model, build that thing out and focus more on, you know, that monthly reoccurring revenue to get that churn coming in so they can get to this place of, of freedom. And I define freedom initially as covering your freedom number, which is you make enough money to live, not survive or thrive, but live. So, I mean, your bills are paid, you're paid, right. your employees and vendors are paid. You know, if you can cover that from monthly reoccurring revenue, now you can do some crazy, you know, risky stuff. But nobody's out there teaching them the kind of the infrastructure and the basics of building a proper business. So they're, they're, they're consuming all this bad information. Well, I want to share your website with our listeners, Mindful Tribe. It's uh, DonnieBovine.com and it's D-O-N-N-I-E-B-O-I-V-I-N.com. You absolutely love doing the work you do on your farm, right? That's part of what you do. You have your businesses, but you also have your farm. So what is it about, about being a farmer, doing that kind of work that really makes you tick? It, you know, the interesting thing, so me and Kevin actually did a, a who my CEO did an episode on growth mode on how a farm is translated into, you know, running a business. And what we both kind of realized is, you know, and I hadn't thought about it until we did this episode, was that when you run a farm, there is no days off. Mm -hmm. you know, the cows can't take care of themselves, or in my case, the goats can't take care of themselves, right? The chickens aren't going to feed themselves. Nope. You know, so there's no chance of saying, you know what, I'm just going to sleep in today. They'll be fine. Yeah. You know, and, you know, that's been the biggest correlation to me is most people aren't trying to build a company 
they're actually aiming at building a shitty job for themselves. And what I mean is they come from an environment where I'll just get to it tomorrow. You know, that's when you work for other people, I'll get to it tomorrow. Unless there's a hard deadline, then, you know, you may put in a few extra hours, but once that five o'clock whistle blows, they're done, right? Day is over. And as an employee, you, you can do that. It's a beautiful thing. You, you can do that. But when you work for yourself, there's no such thing as work-life balance. And the reason there's no work-life balance is because this is your livelihood. This is everything. If you don't do the work, the work doesn't get done, especially early in the business. Sure. And I'm not the hustle and grind guy by any stretch of the imagination. I want people to take them care of themselves. Hell, every Thursday at by two o'clock, I take the afternoon off and we do a farm day with my wife. You know, I stop working on the business by nine o'clock every Saturday and Sunday because we got farm work to do. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not the hustle and grind. I'm just do the work until the work's done. Just like a farmer would, I don't get a chance to not get up and take care of the goats and put the goats to bed. You know, same thing with your business. You don't get a chance to not do the business development, the reach out, the sales, the things you don't want to do, looking at your accounting, looking at your numbers, you know, the hard things. And you got to do that every day. You got to look at the stuff that's actually going to teach you business and teach you how to move things over. And it's it's we as employees went through life unintentionally looking for this easy button. You know, how do we find the shortcuts? How do we find the easy ways to do things? And every time we've done that in our life, what we don't understand is we've shortcut the growth because it's going through those hard things that are boring, mundane or uncomfortable with or they're hard to do. It's, it's not doing those things that are the things that are destroying us from actually building a business. So just like a farmer, you've got to do the work until the work's done. And then you get up and you do it again tomorrow. And you get up and you do it again tomorrow. And, you know, your phone's going to get a DM, a private message, a phone call, and you're going to have to take it. You may be at a kid's game. I want you to be at that kid's game. I want you to be there, be present, be celebrating with your kids, have an amazing time. And then I don't want you to beat the shit out of yourself because you got an email, you got a phone call, you checked your phone, right? Don't get mad because business is happening. Be excited because you're building towards that business freedom. And at some point, if you keep moving forward, you're going to build that lifestyle you've been aiming at to where you're fully at the kids game. But you've got to go put the work, time and effort and energy in until you can get to that point. But most people start out and they're like, oh, I'm just going to do that out the gate. And then they look up and now they have no business coming in. You know, business sucks because they build a shitty job and not a company. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that's becoming more and more the case is that people are not seeing that they have to put in the work and, yeah. and really take action. Don't you think so? Yeah. 100%. You know, yeah. it, it's, it's funny when you sit across from somebody and you ask them, you know, what's your business development strategy? And you can tell they've never thought about it because they start winging out these crazy answers. And, you know, it's kind of this half-assed thought and you're like, okay, where do you get all your business? And I know if as soon as the word, uh, well, I get them through referrals comes out of their mouth and that's the only thing, I know how shitty their business is at this point. Right. Because, you know, there's, there's, there, there's no easy button here in building a business. And unfortunately, uh, because of all the hype marketing and your marketing bros and all these people that are out there like seven hacks to build to a million dollars or I built, you know, to $20 million in six months and all the stupid shit that's in the marketplace. Yeah. People don't realize they're getting gobbled up by this stuff. And I always tell everybody, go back to the gold rush. Who made more money? The guys looking for gold or the guy who was selling the shovels? And it's always the guys who were selling the shovels and the pickaxes. And we're in a time right now where there's so much information in the marketplace that the guys that are selling the shovels and the pickaxe are the guys that are like, oh, you need a marketing funnel. You need a book. You know, you need a course. And they're, and, yeah, they're making the money by telling yeah, them. Yeah, 100%. That's right. right? And sure. now... All that time and energy, you should be out meeting with people, potential prospects and everything else. You're spent behind the freaking computer creating, building, because you think that's going to be your silver bullet. And you're, and you're not intentionally looking for a silver bullet. You're looking for an answer. And this at the moment is the answer. And it's when you get to the end of that and you realize, well, shit, now I build a course, but nobody knows who I am. So now I got to go out and sell this thing anyways. If you yeah. would just said, fuck the course and gone and done this on your own, yeah, uh, you'd be way further down the road. Yeah. Donnie, you're known as a community builder. So what does that mean to you? So, you know, I stumbled into this idea of building communities. And what I actually did is I launched a Facebook group. 
uh, originally, and I launched a Facebook group because I had no entrepreneurs in my family, no business owners, you know, no close friends that were really, you know, business owners. So I launched a Facebook group to get around other CEOs, other business owners, so I could get advice and ask questions. But as I launched the group, I started sharing my my screw ups and fuck ups and the things I was doing wrong, so I could hopefully get advice. But people started asking me questions. And I was like, no, no, no. I'm not trying to have you guys learn from me. I'm trying to get help here. And uh, people kept asking me questions. And what, then what I realized is people were in the same boat as I am. And so, so as they were asking questions, I realized that shit, I may not have the right answer for them in the moment, but I know a few things. So I started teaching a few of the things that I was doing. Mm-hmm. And that ended up growing. And then that became the foundation of how we built our companies. And then, you know, we moved that community off of Facebook because, you know, I didn't want to give Facebook any money mm-hmm. and they already get a ton enough, enough of my shit. So, you know, we started building uh, this community online. Well, then in March of 20, we launched networking groups mm-hmm. to fix how the world networks and change up everything people hate about networking. So we launched Success Champion Networking, and um, what we found is we fixed all the things that people really, really hated, and so we started bringing these people together. Well, the funny thing happens, when you get a bunch of get shit done type people, these absolute motivated badasses that have been looking for a tribe to run with, a group of people that are running as big as hard as they are, good shit freaking happens. And so in building out the community, We've built a whole bunch of micro communities that all form into one. And man, they, I tell everybody, if you find that vision that is so awesome that other people want to help you build it, uh, you found your own personal lottery ticket because they are going to lean in. And as long as you pour into them, as long as you serve them, as long as you help them get where they want to go, they'll lift you up and tell the world about you. Uh, and that's been uh, the funnest thing we've built is is the overall success champion family. That is really cool. Tell me about your masterminds, champions table masterminds. So those came from the the members of our chapters. And once again, you get a bunch of people that are running and gunning and, and doing the hard things. They get to a point where they realize that they want more information that's in a safe environment. That's not somebody pitching and selling and all this crap. It's like, you know, I tell people, if you show up to a webinar and you can't talk and interact with all the other members, get the fuck out. Cause they're fixing to pitch you something. Oh, yeah. You know, so, so we launched the champions table masterminds to put a group of 10 business owners together to allow them to come in, you know, twice a month and work on their business. So mm-hmm. we're we come together, we, we celebrate their wins because often as we're running and gunning, we forget to slow down and go, hey, look what I've done so far. You know, I'll teach a different business concept that we've learned to this point and whether it's, you know, how to plan your, your like we'll do a thing called LOE, which is a line of effort, teaching them how to plan their entire next year. Um, we'll teach them accountability metrics and things. Um, then we'll talk about what are their accountabilities. What do you need us to help hold you accountable to the next meeting? And then we go no holds barred where you throw an, a problem or issue you have on the table, then you use the collective power of the group to find answers and solutions. And when you you know, have a, a safe environment to where you can throw out, hey, I'm really fucking this up here. I'm really screwing this up at this moment. What do you guys think? And you got other people that have either been through it or probably fixing to come up on it. You get some real time cool feedback from people. And so we've done retreats with them. We're launching another one um, and we'll continue to build those out. But everything we do is based on the needs of the community of a whole. So we don't build anything or do anything unless they first ask for it. Um, and then there's enough people that want to buy into it. When those two things happen, um, we go. And that's the beautiful thing about having a community. They'll tell you exactly what they want and what they want to do. And as long as you're listening, as long as you're serving, they'll, they'll lean in. That's cool. And where do you do your retreats and, and what are they like? So um, we did the one last year and we just rented out a VRBO, you know, vacation house Mm -hmm. and spent, you know, basically a weekend and it wasn't, Hey, let's go snorkel or mountain climbing and all that stuff. We, we dove in 
Um, so it was bring your laptops and we went to work on their business. And, and uh, that one in particular, we focused a lot on their infrastructure of their companies because, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people are solopreneurs and they're getting to the point where now they're bringing on VAs and now they're bringing on employees and, and they're starting to do more structure and more hiring. So we're focused more on helping them actually build out their business. Um, but we're also, you know, getting on the mindset side of things as well, where we're like, all right. Here's a safe place. Let's get after it. Where are you beating the shit out of yourself mentally because you're not showing like you up like you should? And you know, uh, we get some pretty cool big breakthroughs. You know, people don't always realize where they're holding themselves back. So, and the cool thing about the the retreats is we bring all of our champions table groups together as cool. one big big retreat. So uh, that was fun. Yeah. So how many people are usually there? Um, so at that retreat, we had, that was small. I think we had 19 people at mm -hmm. that particular retreat. Yeah. So all of our, all of our groups, we cap at 10 members. I see. Uh, because we don't want to, we want to make sure everybody gets time and value. Yeah. You know? And so is that a mix of men and women? So what's funny is we, our first mastermind we did, our first champions table was all women. Um, uh -huh. for some reason I have a cool knack of just, uh, bringing in these freaking dominant badass gals. I mean, you, you want to talk about absolute fucking beasts. These gals, um, former athletes to um, former top Fortune 500 CEOs and execs. I mean, we bring in some heavy hitting gals. Uh, when we got to launching the second and third, you know, masterminds, we started bringing in the guys. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, that first champions table we launched they've been running together for two years now and the success stories that have come out of there have been really 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 fun it's fun to celebrate with people when you see them actually get the breakthrough and stuff oh yeah uh, yeah but now the all the 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 tables after that they're they're a mix of men and women okay um then like even at the badass business summit we bring them all together you know theirs do a half day um all coming together and work on their business so can you share one of those success stories with us yeah, so um, I'll, I'll even share Jen Beck. So Jen Beck is a former corporate executive that became a health coach and um, really a nutritionist. And I mean, she's not a licensed nutritionist, and I guess I got to say that. But um, she, her business blew up so much because of the things she was doing for corporate America and going into corporations and teaching wellness and, uh -huh. uh, you know, taking care of yourself and nutrition and stuff that she ended up having to pull out the table uh, because she just ran out of time. Uh -huh. You know, she couldn't put in the time. Um, then there's uh, Stevie Dawn, who's probably my greatest success story. You know, Stevie came to me and, you know, she popped open Zoom and was instantly went into tears. And I said, oh, this is different. Hi. <laughs> and I said, what's the matter? What's going on? She goes, in her words, she goes, I'm fucking up. I'm like, okay, how are you fucking up? You know, and she said, you know, I, I'm, my business is failing. My husband's miserable. He hates his damn job. Um, it's making our marriage miserable because I can't make enough money to get him to quit. You know, and this whole thing sucks. And I said, well, how hard do you want to run? She goes, I'll run and do whatever you tell me to do. And six months later, her husband quit his job and is now the CEO of her company. Um, wow. This year, she stepped on 120 stages and the average stage paid her eight grand a piece. Wow. Um, That's so, amazing. So, yeah, just some cool things. Um, and there's, there's plenty more. But, you know, at the end of the day, most people, if you find the GSDs, if you really find the get shit done people, they are just looking for somebody to point them in a direction. They don't want to be told what to do. You know, but they want somebody to say, hey, let me tell you what I've done. If it makes sense for you, then go that direction. And, and when you get them pointed in a direction, shit, just watch them, watch them. You know, like Lauren Ammon, who's a former, you know, D1, you know, swimmer, just a beast. You know, she for the longest time was trying to do this health HR kind of consulting crap. Uh, we worked together for about three months. And, you know, if you looked at her corporate profile and everything, she was in suits and, you know, slacks and HR looking. Now, if you go look, she's in her fucking fitness stuff and she really looks apart. But her now her entire company is focuses on going into the high schools and working with the high school athletes, the coaches and the parents to talk about the mental game of going at it because she's like, you know, back when she was a swimmer, you know, there was nobody, you know, saying, hey, 
right? You need to take care of yourself. If this isn't, you know, going to work at the moment and, you know, athletes in high schools are the number one people that commit suicide yeah. because there's so much pressure on her. So she's going into the schools and now she's talking to several schools across the U S and bringing in these programs that really focus on, okay, here's how we talk to the kids coaches. Here's how you work on you and you talk to the kids. And by the way, parents, here's also how you work with the kids. And she's blowing up because it's such a needed thing and nobody had figured out how to bring it all together. So, you know, we've been working with her for the last year to put this together and God, she's just showing up as her and it's awesome. It's awesome. Well, that's, that's fascinating. It really is. And, uh, you really enjoy getting on stage. I understand. And, and do you, <laughs> do you do a lot of talks for other people or is it mostly stuff that you've arranged for yourself? When the podcast was really successful, I did a lot of stages and one funny quick story. So I got invited to a keynote down in Florida uh, on podcasting um, because the show had taken off so much. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I'm about a year and a half into the business. And the gentleman who paid me a good, sum of, good chunk of change to come down and speak, um, I should set it up. So I'm a year and a half and I'm wearing button down shirts that are short sleeve, you know, collared shirts, mm -hmm. no ball cap, you know, hair was done. I'm in blue jeans and boots and I didn't cuss all that much. Right. So I was, I was acting kind of this corporate role as corporate part. And right before I go on this guy's stage, he comes up and he grabs me by the arm. Now I'm a former United States Marine. And I'm not a tough guy, but I don't like being grabbed. Right. And right. But he grabs me by the arm and he says, Donnie, I need a favor. And I said, okay, what's the favor? He goes, please don't go full Donnie. And I said, what? what does that even mean? And he goes, I'm afraid you're going to upstage me. And, you know, I can hear him. They're calling my name to come on stage right now at this point. And I said, well, I probably shouldn't say his name. I said, dude, that's the dumbest thing you could have told me at this moment. And I yanked my arm out of his, you know, and I'd never done this in my life, but I ran out. There's an audience of about 400 people. I ran out and I went, where the fuck are all my badasses at? And about 95% of the room just goes bananas. I bet right? they did. Um, and there was like five people over at this one table that I could see out of the corner of my eye that didn't stand up, didn't get anything, didn't. And they were just, you could tell that I'd almost offended them to their soul, right? Yeah. yeah. And two things ran through my head holy shit, this is the first time I stood up as, and this is the first time I showed the world who I actually am. Right. I never thought anybody would buy from a country dude who cussed, wore t-shirts. Um, but when I came out that way and said, hey, this is who I am, they leaned in and I realized I'd finally found my instant qualifier. Because if you can't get past the profanity and everything else, I don't want to do business with you. You know, and so everything, and from that point on, it's been the dude in the ball cap, t-shirts, talking like I talk. Uh, and yeah. because I've shown up that way, the champions of the world that have become part of the family continue to lean in, you know, and help us build all this. Then you started to find your people. Yep. That's it. So I tell everybody, if you show up as you, your people show up. And what I mean is, you know, you can't take freaking bluegrass music into the inner city and expect them to lean in and listen to it you got to say things in your voice and what people under misunderstand about showing up authentically or being yourself is nobody gives a shit what you had for breakfast, right? Nobody gives a shit about your sad sob story. No. What they're absolutely interested in is how you got through whatever you got through, right? Yeah. What are the actionable, tangible things that they could do to get where you want to go? And I just found it from business that the more I don't keep saying it, the more I shared my fuck ups and the things that I was struggling with, the more people were like, shit, I'm going through that too. This is the thing that I've been looking for. Wow. And that's pretty fascinating. What a great story. Thanks, man. <laughs> oh yeah. That's an awesome story. I just love that. Cause, cause that just in that moment, when he said that to you, you just thought, I'm just doing my yeah, thing. It, right. Didn't you? It was, it was a beautiful catalyst for me. Right. Yeah. To, to, to get And, you know, I, I tell people all the time that a lot of us, because we've lived such a mundane life unintentionally, yeah. you know, so for 40 years of my life, I really went through the motions. I took the jobs in front of me. You know, I was always somebody else's retirement plan. I had to, for me, and I'm not saying this is the right path for everybody, but for me, I had to get punched in the face so damn hard that I could run out of excuses that I could finally discover that I hadn't been showing up in life. And once I got to that point and I realized, I mean, it was the day that I told my wife that, you know, we were about to lose everything. 
that night I walked up to the mirror in my bathroom and I looked myself dead in the eyes and I did not like the motherfucker looking back at me. Mm, right. Yeah. And, you know, uh, instantly realized I just wasn't doing the things that I needed to do to build a business. I wasn't doing reach outs. I wasn't doing sales. I wasn't doing business development. I was hiding behind my computer, creating things, you know, partially because I didn't know what a CEO did, but partially because that shit was hard. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to do those type of things. So I started a regimen of every night going to the mirror and saying, I'm proud of you. Mm. And the first thing that popped up every time I said, I'm proud of you, usually was some sort of negative voice. And whatever that negative voice or thing was, I immediately went to work on that. So I'd say, I'm proud of you. And I'd say, yeah, but you're not doing the reach outs. Cool. Let's get the reach outs. And I started doing the reach outs. I'm proud of you. But yeah, but you're not getting any new deals. You're not asking for the sale. You're not doing those. So I'd start doing that. And mm -hmm. by constantly going to the mirror and just saying, I'm proud of you and having these things pop up that I, for the reasons I weren't proud of. And at one point I, I said it, you know, business was starting to click and I said, I'm proud of you. And they go, and that little voice was kind of like, yeah, but you're not spending time with Elizabeth. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah, you're not being faith being faithful as a husband, but you're not being faithful to what you told her, how you would show up for her. Sure. Um, and so I had to start turning things more to her, and I started bringing her more into the spotlight as my wife as I'm doing all this, um, and and going. But you know, you can't lie to yourself. Yeah. So when you go to the mirror and say I'm proud of you, then that you're gonna know really quick where you're not showing up and. Uh, it's fascinating to to learn a lot about yourself and tell everybody, if you want to learn who you are, start a business. Yeah, you're going to sure. get punched in the face so damn hard. <laughs> yeah. You're going to run out of excuses. Yeah. yeah. And I like that whole mirror thing. And and was that your idea or did a coach present that to you or somebody like that? No, I stumbled. So I'm not an easily coached person. Yeah, you know, because I, I it, it triggers my my I don't want to be told what to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, so I learn everything through osmosis and going through it. Mm -hmm. And now I'm really good at hearing how somebody else has done something mm -hmm. and taking what away from it, what I need to take away. Yeah. But as soon as you tell me I need to do something, I'm out, right? All my hackles pop up. So this was just, you know, something that I one day going back to the mirror because it worked, you know, the first time I did it, um, I looked at the mirror and it was like, I could see me, but I had no thoughts going through my head. So I was getting a little frustrated. I'm like, that was supposed to work. It's been working. It's not working. And I looked at myself and I actually, the first words I said was, I love you. And mm. instantly my voice went, nope, no, you don't. Yeah. yeah and yeah. that was what started me down the path. And then I found, you know, when you told people I love you, they did not vibe with that thing. And it just felt too weird for them. Yeah. So I'm sure. like, okay, what's another big, powerful word that people would lean into? And I was uh, uh, on one of our masterminds and this gal had done a lot of work. Um, uh -huh. Her name is Lori and she'd done, and she's got a great podcast called fine is a four letter word. And, and she was doing a lot of work on herself and she had literally um, accomplished a huge thing for her. And I looked at her and I said, I'm proud of you. And she instantly welled up in her eyes wow. and she goes, Donnie, I haven't heard those words since my parents passed away and i realized that we know we don't ever hear those words nobody mm -hmm. says i'm proud of you mm -hmm. so I, that was the night i went to the mirror and i said i'm proud of you and fucking right instantly everything that i wasn't liking about myself at the moment popped up i'm like cool now we know what to go work on um so i tell everybody whatever pops up you either got to go do or fix and you do one of those two things and people are like, well, how do I do it? Well, usually it's if, if you, you, you're not proud because your business is not there, your revenue is not coming in or whatever that thing is, mm -hmm. go figure out what are the actions inside of that that you're not doing that you know you should be doing. And the answers will pop up, you know, uh, and, you know, people have come back and they've said, well, I went into the mirror and said, I'm proud of you. And, you know, I'm not proud because I'm not doing good enough. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay. What's not doing good enough mean? Where aren't you being good enough at? You know, break it down to the smaller things so you actually have a tangible thing you can go work on. Um, and man, going through it is how everything is figured out. That's how you evolve. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It is how you evolve. Absolutely. Yeah. I really love that. And uh, I have that 
one thing in common with you, I don't, I do not like being told what to do either. <laughs> <laughs> so I completely identify with that. Yeah. yeah. I want to ask you a question about bullying because I've worked in bullying prevention for a long time. Mm-hmm. Do you have a story about bullying? Maybe you were bullied. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you have a story where you can, you know, share with us where mindfulness would have made a difference. Um, you know, it's fascinating. So I'm, uh, I hadn't really thought about it. I've never been asked that before. So it's a great question. Um, you know, growing up as a kid, uh, I was the youngest of three boys, and mm-hmm. I was a runt and mm-hmm. tiny, tiny dude. And uh, getting picked on more by my brothers, you know, getting put in sleeping bags and rolled downstairs. You know, I got yeah. locked in a gas dryer once upon a time. Oh, geez. And, um, you know, my brothers were bigger, tough dudes. And now the tables have turned now, later in life, they're not as tough as they thought they were right <laughs> you know but yeah. uh four years in the marine corps and 20 years of living you know you you grow up and you learn a few things for and sure. um i don't know if for sure mindfulness would have helped me back then because i was dealing with more on the physical side of things mm-hmm. um but i wonder if i would have stood up for myself a little bit more yeah you know um because you know as a little kid the answer was run to mom you know run to dad and they would play defender um, I, I wonder if I would have at that point been aware enough to stand on my feet um, because that when I went to school, I didn't get bullied. Right. Yeah. You know, part of it was I had two older brothers. So you messed with him and that's our little brother. Yeah. You know, and part of it was I got to a point where I could take what they were dishing out. So uh, there was nothing you could say to me to me in school that was going to get under my skin. So. Yeah. Um, the, the most interesting thing I've ever seen in bullying though, there was a video I watched and the guy was brilliant. He was speaking at a elementary school, maybe a junior high. And he has this girl on stage with him. I wish I could remember this guy's name because I'd love to give him credit, but, and he looked at this girl and go, I want you to say the mean, nastiest, craziest things you could think of. And this little girl starts yelling, you're dumb. And he, he goes, yeah, I am. She goes, you're stupid. He goes, yeah, I know. And she keeps going on and she's screaming these horrible things at him. He goes, okay. That was pretty rough, right? Because the little kids, of course, giggling at all the bad words and things. Of course, yeah. And he goes, I want you to do it one more time for me. He goes, this time, I want you even nastier. I want you even meaner, right? And even more rude. And so she goes, you're dumb. He goes, yeah, I know. But I've really been studying in class, and it's starting to pay off. And she goes, well, you're ugly. He goes, I know. But I just got my hair cut. I'm getting some new clothes. I'm really taking care of myself. And she's like, well, you're a jerk. He goes, I know. I've been a jerk to a lot of people, but I'm really working on being nicer. And every time she said something, he would just kind of lean into that and say yeah. that way. Basically why that was a good thing. Oh, yeah. And you cool. watch this whole girl, little gal. She completely shifts to being so rude. She's like, I can't say anything mean to you anymore. You know, it was it was the coolest transformation. That to watch is cool. Well, I wish I could remember this guy's name, but I'm sure with the Google search, people will find it. Yeah. Uh, But it was really, really cool to watch. That's very interesting. It's fascinating to talk to you because you've got a lot of insights that I really relate to. That's for sure, Donnie. I want to ask you uh, five quick answer questions as we move toward the end of the interview. And uh, so just 30 second answers are perfect. The first one is this. Who has been one person who has been a really powerful mindfulness influence for you in your life? Um, my dad. Um, and that's real easy. Uh, dad had a rough life, you know, growing up, um, very, we were very abusive household and, you know, dad handed me the book, uh, uh, success through a positive mental attitude when I was 14. Of course, I didn't read it till I was 22, but that started me down the path of, of working, you know, on me in the self-help world. But dad has been one of the most resilient dudes I've ever seen. So hundred percent him. Wow, that's awesome. Okay, my next question is about emotions. How has mindfulness helped how you deal with your emotions? You know, um, I don't wear my emotions out front very often, um, but you get me talking, especially on stage, about my wife, you know, about some moments in life, and I'll start getting teary-eyed up there. And I don't, it's not that I, I mind showing that emotion at all, mm-hmm. um, but I want to keep my shit together. Yeah. So, so it's, it's bringing me back to a moment and going, okay, dude, you're here. Yeah. It's cool to show the emotional side because it shows you as a human, you know, but let's keep your shit together. And it's not coming from a negative place. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
I want to talk about breathing. Do you have any uh, any comments about breathing, how that can help you with mindfulness or, or to let go of anxiety or anything like that? You know, I've tried a lot of the breathing techniques, not well, you know, and I haven't really put the time and effort and energy into, you know, learning different breathing techniques. Mm-hmm. I am a little fascinated by them and I do explore them every once in a while, but I can tell you for me, focus is better, th- better at this point in time than breathing because, you know, I walk my farm in the dark and, you know, listen to podcasts while I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And in doing that allows me to get laser focused on the companies and the business. And that's been tremendous for me. Wow. That's cool. And, uh, I was going to ask you about a book and you already mentioned success through positive. What was it through positive mental health? Uh, success through positive mental attitudes. One of the earlier Attitude. books. Of Nap- yeah. Uh, one of Napoleon Hill's earlier books. Right. It, it okay. came out before Think and Grow Rich. Yeah. Um, you know, and here's the thing that I'll tell everybody. I don't read books anymore. And I actually had to tell my team that I wouldn't read books anymore. And, and the reason being is at 45 years old, which I am now, um, was diagnosed with ADHD and okay. did not know. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say that it's an excuse for how I grew up, but it explains a lot about my childhood and how mm-hmm. I showed up in the world. It's been been kind of a freedom in knowing that I have ADHD. Yeah. When I read a book, it unintentionally becomes a silver bullet because I get so focused on that book and the words coming out of it, I think it's an answer that I'm not even looking for. Oh. So... I had to stop reading, and that's why I go to podcast, because podcast, I go do something else while I'm doing it, uh-huh. so I don't get so sucked into what's being said, and I get a lot of breakthroughs and ahas, so that's why I walk the farm and listen to these podcasts, because like as a kid, I had to doodle to think. Yeah. I had to doodle when somebody was teaching because mm-hmm. it was a distraction. Yeah. I need something to distract my thoughts so I can think, if that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, it does make sense. Yes. Yeah, I've I've met lots of people that are like that. There's more people than you would probably imagine that are like that. Well, and there's more people that don't know. There, there was I, I should find the study so I can reference it. But there was actually a study done that most people who become business owners, and entrepreneurs, have ADHD. I've They've just that. learned to cope with it over long periods of time. Now, I don't want to be a spokesperson for ADHD or anything like that. But I will tell people if you're curious, you think you may have it. Uh, my therapist, Mandy, was one that got me looking at it in the first direction. You know, um, extreme chaos usually what forces ADHD to completely rear its head. And building a business, you're going to find extreme chaos, and that's what got me to to lean in and figure out this is what I was going through. Yeah, totally. Are there any apps at all? Any kind of apps that can help that you find are really good for uh, you know related to mindfulness or whatever? Um, no, but we launched a free program that your listeners might be interested in. Mm-hmm. Tell us um, so, uh, for about 45 days now, the recording of this, um, uh, talking to my wife, you know, I had put on the COVID 20 and was, was struggling to get back to health and 45 years old. So about time I started actually working on me, not just the business. So, um, I decided I was going to go out and walk the farm. So for me to do it, because, you know, taking care of all the animals and everything, I had to get up at four o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I got up at four o'clock in the morning. I take my two German shepherds and I release them in the front pasture and I'd go walk gate mm-hmm. to gate. It's 200 steps in between both gates. Mm-hmm. And uh, in doing this, you know, and having the podcast playing in the background, um, I realized that in doing this, I could focus on the business. So I did this for 30 days leading up to the Badass Business Summit. And on the way up to the, the summit, I realized how much this was impacting my business and how much this was getting me to grow and focus and do the things I need to do. So at, by the time the summit hit, we had added two new divisions to the company. We had grown exponentially and, and had a ton more revenue coming in. And uh, I'd lost 37 pounds. Now, wow. yeah, this wasn't intent on losing weight. So I'm like, how do we roll this out so people will do it? So we, so we rolled out the idea of Champions 90. And what Champions 90 is, you can go to champions90.com. Okay. And this is completely free. We give it away. But you're committing to 90 days of five activities. And the activities, you're going to do a 45-minute exercise. Walk, right? This isn't going to be a meathead gym thing. I walk. Um, you listen to a podcast, business or growth oriented for 45 minutes. 
I do that while I walk. Mm-hmm. Okay. You do 30 minutes of cold reach outs. I don't care if that's cold calls. I don't care if that's a cold DM on LinkedIn. I don't care if it's, uh, you know, door to door, but you reach out to somebody who doesn't know you and get them interested in doing business with you. Mm-hmm. You do 30 minutes of hand raising activities and hand raising activities is you put out social co- original thoughts. So social content, getting on podcasts, getting on stage, anywhere you can put out information where somebody can raise their hand and say I'm information in, uh, interested in more. And then you write 200 words a day. And I use that as my social post and you commit to 90 days, no quit of doing these five activities. We have people that have been doing it now for 21 days straight. And if you just go to LinkedIn and you type in hashtag champions 90 uh, or Facebook hashtag champions, 90, go look at the feedback and results from the people that have already been doing this. So uh, it's, it's been one of the coolest things we, we rolled it out for free because I just want to get people focused on doing the daily hard things that will actually impact and grow their business and it the I'll get teary I think in a jot just the texts and the messages I've yeah. gotten from people already. So so if you really look into for a way to level up, just go to champions90.com and say I'm in. Wow, thanks for sharing that with us, and thanks for sharing it with the world because that's what we need is more yeah. more motivation and more well community. That's part of community too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. yeah. Well, it's yeah. been great having you on the show. Any final words of advice before we say goodbye? Yeah, absolutely. Guys, this has been a fun episode. You can tell Bruce absolutely loves what he does. Um, do Bruce a favor and share this show with somebody else, because I can tell you I have my own podcast. Building your audience is one of the toughest things in the world. So literally, if it's this episode or any other episode of his you've listened to, share it with one person, because he can spread his message, share all these people he's interviewing and bringing them better information. It's literally like you walked up and gave him a virtual hug. So share this show out for him. It'll mean the world to him. Thank you so much, Donnie. Thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, my honor, brother. Yeah, take care. Bye now. Hey, Mindful Tribe, I want to thank my sponsor, Athletic Greens. And I will ask you this question, Mindful Tribe. Are you a person who really, really cares about your health and your immune system? I'm guessing the answer is yes, since you're here listening to Mindfulness Mode. Well, you know what? It doesn't matter if you are dairy-free or gluten-free or, you know, whatever your eating pattern is. It does not matter. This product put out by Athletic Greens is a product that has no GMOs, no terrible chemicals or artificial ingredients. It supports better sleep and better alertness. And Athletic Greens uses the best products based on the latest science and it costs less than $3 a day. So the product that they've created is called AG1. And if you buy this product using my affiliate link, you will get a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs of AG1 with your first purchase. And using this affiliate link, that will help me with my show. And it will also, you know, provide you with with this product. And so I really suggest you check it out. There's over five no, not five. There's over 7,000 five-star re- reviews. And, and this product is trusted by so many people. Check out those reviews like I did. And it's very inspiring. So, you know, go to that website where you can uh, get my special offer. The link is athleticgreens.com mindfulness. So with that, take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.